0: This is Witch. I'm your host, Crystal Kennedy, and together we'll explore the world of magic, mysteries of the universe, spirituality, and so much more. The word witch for me has always stood for woman in total control of herself. Well, I'm far from having total control over myself, but I strive to learn more every day and share my findings here with you. I invite you, fellow seekers, to grab a broomstick or your favorite witch's brew. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Witch. Hey, witches, it's your girl Crystal here. Happy Mystical Monday, and welcome to this week's episode of Witch. This week on the cast, we are getting so theta with my guest, Rabia Tronchaliti, an intuitive facilitator of theta healing and earth medicine and one mystical goddess. Rabia gives us a crash course into theta healing and how we can access deep healing from tapping into the subconscious mind. Plus we get into earth medicine, Reiki, Vipassana meditation, and so many more mystical goodies. This episode is so magical my witches and I cannot wait for you to hear it. As always, I want to take a moment of gratitude for all of you out there who have tuned into my little witchy show. This is my passion and I am so grateful to all of you out there listening for going on this journey with me. And if you could help a witch out and head on over to iTunes to rate the show five stars and leave a review, it would be so appreciated and so incredibly helpful. I have So much more magic I want to bring to you, witches, and five star ratings really help me get there and they help the show keep growing. Also, if you are a witchy tea lover like I am and you haven't checked out Magic Hour Teas yet, please do yourself a favor and head on over to my show notes for the links to their website. They have the most incredible teas and they're so magical, you guys. I cannot love this company more. Plus, they have this new tea out for summer, which is their version of boba tea, but it's called bubble tea. And they make their own version of the tapioca balls, which are a way healthier version and still so delicious. Plus, they have these amazing uh, teas that go with it that you can make iced. You can even make them hot without the tapioca. It is so so delicious and they also dropped some new teaware which holy crap you guys i am gonna go broke from this company <laughs> i love their stuff so much so anyway please go check them out and also make sure to sign up for their mailing list to get 10 percent off your first order of 25 dollars or more all right babes i have such a mystical magical episode in store for you so without further ado let's get on with the show And we're back. <laughs> well, thank you so much. My guest today is the amazing Rabia. She is a Theta Healer. She's a healer in all rights. Theta Healing, Earth Medicine, Reiki, Energy. She's a mystic. She's all kinds of beautiful things. And I'm so grateful to have her on the show. Rabia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Oh, girl, it's my here. pleasure. So can you tell us just a little bit about... Like who you are and what you do. I know I've touched on it, but maybe if you can go into just a little more detail for our listeners.
1: Sure. So um, I'm actually going to start with my name, only because people often ask me about my name, and it is tied into my my background. But so my name is Arabic. It's um, uh, I've been told it means the beginning of spring. I myself am not Arabic. I'm Italian. Um, I was born in Indonesia, and uh, we lived in Indonesia because my parents were part of a spiritual community. And um, so that says a lot about the environment that I grew up in. I grew up with two seekers um, and spiritual people. And so, although at the same time, because they grew up both Catholic and they had religion very much imposed on them, they really took a different stance with us where it was um, not imposing anything on us. Like my dad was actually became a devout Muslim, but we didn't have religion imposed on us. They very much felt that it was something that you choose and not something that should be, you know, again, like, um, programmed into your mind. Yes, go mom (laughs) and dad. Yeah, so, and my mom, in fact, was, she would, would, I remember her telling me at one point that she didn't believe in religion but she's actually a very spiritual person. So, yeah. um, religion with a cap with that capital R mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, I definitely, I feel like that, that says a lot about me and how, and the way that I have approached things and how I grew up. So, um, I was always very interested in, in the, um, in mystical things and witchy things. Uh, when I was a teenager, I used to, uh, I had like, you know, one of those double closets and, but it was half empty. So that half empty side, I, had set up like a little altar where I would do work with my little pendulum.
0: Yes, <laughs> girl. Look at that. Yes. Yeah, and
1: um uh which <laughs> I even I don't know if if people know this that you don't actually have to buy a pendulum. No. In a crystal store, you can just make one by weighting it down with some nature things. So that's that's what I used to do. Mm-hmm. Um so uh this has always been a part of who I am and I my my background though, as far as like what I did in the world was, mm-hmm. um, I was a costume designer and wardrobe stylist in New York for a long time. Uh, but because this was part of who I was, I was always seeking and doing, you know, I was, um, had a regular yoga practice. I was going, I started going to, um, meditation retreats at a certain point and would go to those really regularly. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was, as time went on, I was, uh, less and less interested in, the styling and the costume design. And oftentimes on set people would ask me why I didn't just teach meditation or yoga. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for me, it was always just my personal practice. It wasn't something that I felt I needed to teach. Although I, those were, uh, the conversations that people would sort of seek out from me on set. Um, not, not always, but you know, um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it would always give me great pleasure if I saw somebody, after some time and they told me, Oh, I went and did one of those 10 day silent courses that you, that you recommended. I'm like, Oh yes. Yes. Girl. <laughs> I so feel so, that. Yeah. So then at some point, um, um, through the, so I, I, did a teacher training. I, for yoga, I taught very briefly because it's, you know, the, the freelance lifestyle and the way that, um, commercials and, and TV and film kind of like suck you in. You don't really have time and moments to be doing anything else. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so it didn't, it didn't really work out to, to teach and, um, I was also doing it mostly for myself, but that led me at some point to go to a, one of uh, a retreat that was just for teachers that was being led by one of my yoga teachers. Mm-hmm. And, um, she was, they were going to attune everyone to, uh, Reiki during this weekend retreat. And the funny thing is at the time I was really one, I was just completely not interested. And the reason I wasn't interested is that I was regularly going to these Vipassana uh, retreats, mm-hmm. uh, both, um, sitting and serving. And because I, volunteered many times. I was very familiar with all the rules and had a deep respect for all the rules and understanding for the whys. Mm -hmm. And one of their rules is that if you're doing Reiki, they ask that you not come. Mm -hmm. And so people would be like, well, why, why does it, why does it matter? And the thing is that the two, the two practices are so just so completely different. And it's not that it's not that you can't be a Reiki practitioner and then meditate in, in that particular lineage. It's that it's that they, um, you know, they had, would often have students who had a background with a lot of Reiki and energy work and no experience with Vipassana or this type of just like sitting and observing and being very still, that you can't, that person wouldn't be able to help to mix the two mm-hmm. and then become very confused. And because there's only one teacher, then you, um it's almost like they they it's all volunteer run and everything. And they didn't have the, I guess the bandwidth, I'm not really sure what word to use, but it it was just easier to not have to constantly explain or correct that. So, um, so I really was like anti being attuned to Reiki. I would go to Reiki healers and I would receive, um, healings, but I didn't want to be attuned to Reiki. How funny! Oh, so it was really interesting. But then I got attuned to Reiki, and it was like immediately this, like, whoa, what's going on here? This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and I did continue to 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 meditate. And if, if there are any if there's anybody who goes to the centers that I'm talking about, I did go back one time. Nice. <laughs> and I was, but the thing is that I had had ten years, or maybe at that time it was eight years. I had eight years of practice mm-hmm. and many courses under my belt. Like Vipassana was, was my first like true teacher and deeply rooted in me. So for me, I could separate and be like, okay, Reiki's over there. I think that the other way around, it might be a little bit more, more difficult. Although I know that there are plenty of healers who go there and just say, no, you know, no, I don't do Reiki on their application. (laughs)
0: Like Totally do.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, so I did that. And then from there, I started sort of started, I was continuing with my styling and bringing in more of, um, uh, more of the healing work. And eventually I left styling behind completely. And I started doing these sessions. And, um, so I have two different types of sessions that I offer one that I call earth medicine, and that is, um, 90 minutes. It starts with a little bit of a ceremony, um, around an altar. We call in the directions and we, invite in all of the elements and then as far as what I'm using is I'm using Reiki but I'm also using um a lot of different sounds Mm. and um uh and then I I had done a training around shamanic practices and I don't necessarily use certain certain shamanic practices uh, uh just out of respect for um for, for different backgrounds and, Mm -hmm. and such yeah, for the culture. Yeah. yeah, For the culture. But I, but I, um, but that has influenced the way that I work. And, um, there is, uh, actually a book I read at one point that was called, um, shamanic Reiki, uh, I believe. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was really interesting and it does. So maybe that's how I can describe it. But I really am um, working a lot with the energy of the earth in those, like asking people to drop into the earth, mm-hmm. you know, working with the elements. And it's interesting because all the different sounds, the different instruments that I use will will, um, or tools will bring in those elements at different times. Um, so that's one. And then the other one is theta healing. As you said, I'm a, a um theta technique healer. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people think of theta, uh, of course it's the brain wave. And right. so, so, and actually Reiki sound healing, uh, me- meditation, all these things will bring you into, um, theta. And okay. that's just so sort of like you're alert, but you're also connected to your subconscious mind at the same time. Mm-hmm. So theta healing technique is, is using that brain wave, like kind of bringing the client into that brain wave to access the subconscious. And then it's, um, it's, uh, um, similar. I'm sure if there's a hypnotherapist listening to this, they'll be like, no, that's not Mm -hmm. the same. But the only real way to describe it is like, it's similar to hypnosis in that we are, we are directly working with your memories Mm -hmm. and your, and your subconscious to dig deeper into your subconscious mind Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, although I suppose I have had a hypnosis session and they didn't necessarily do that. They were just, you know, bringing me into more of like a dreamy place. But, yeah. um, so that's a little bit of who I am. I don't know uh, if I, yeah, in a nutshell, no, or in a big nutshell. Yes, I
0: love that. <laughs> so it sounds like you yeah. are super witchy. Like you've always been super witchy and mystical. And I love that. I can't believe you grew up in Indonesia. That's so cool. Yeah. Just
1: the first four, four and a half years. And yeah,
0: that's amazing though. That's that growing up with parents that are so open to must've been a really beautiful experience for somebody who's like magically inclined, as I like to say. You know yes. what
1: I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if I can, can I share a memory of my mom? Please, because uh, yes. so, she's a very psychic and for her it's, it's super it's just natural right and so I would hear different stories one she would have out-of-body experiences and talk to me about it so when I was 14 I also was like books on out-of-body experiences let me see what sort of exercise should I do that is but, so cool. but it, there, there's this one time I remember I was 16 and a friend of mine was over and this was in the um this was in the nineties. So there were no cell phones and such. And, um, like maybe a pager. <laughs> I, yeah, no, we didn't have pagers, but yes. <laughs> pagers were <around. laughs> Um, and, uh, my mom went, was going out and she was like, do you need anything? Because I'm not going to come. I'm not, once I come back, I'm not going back out again. You know, she's going to the grocery store. Yeah. Like, no, 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 that's fine. I think we we're going to make something. So she leaves. And a couple minutes afterwards, we realized that we were missing an ingredient mm-hmm. and I turned to my friend and it was totally natural for me. I was like, don't worry, just focus on my mom. Just, we're going to just close our eyes and focus on her. And we just have to send her the message that we forgot something. And and she's looking at me like, what are you talking about? It's like, don't worry. So we just sat there and, um, for, I don't know how long. And then a couple minutes later, she comes back in the garage and she goes, what did you forget? And, um, I, So my friend was pretty surprised by that, but I was like, Oh, what happened? Did you hear me? Did you hear us? He's like, yeah, I just got a feeling when I got to the end of the road that there was that something wasn't right. So I turned back around. Oh my God. That's so so crazy. Yeah. Yeah, So, um,
0: so yes, it's always been in my world and my, that kind of, (laughs) That's amazing. I love your mother so much. Already. She's just like, like my mother, like my daughter is psychically messaging me. We forgot something. Got it. Like that's so cool. I bet your friend was just like, what house did I walk into? Yeah, right. what happened? What happened? <laughs> that is incredible. So like, what are, like, what are your, some of your favorite witchy practices? Like, what do you do for you?
1: Um, I mean, for a long time, honestly, so, cause I, I, For a long time, I just would do Vipassana meditation. Yeah. And I really come back to that quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And, but I will do more of, um, I mean, I'm not sure which of my practices people would necessarily call witchy. I think if you saw my altar, you would probably say, It was witchy. So maybe the altar practice, like putting the altar together Mm -hmm. and everything that has to do. So my first introduction to witchcraft was also when I was a teenager. I was very curious about all these things. So I'd go to the new age book section of the bookstore, which just for your younger listeners. There were not nearly as many books. There were no. not. There were not like ten new tarot decks coming out every month. There was. It was pretty limited, right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, there was still there was still a culture of that, but it was fringe. It was very much fringe. Mm-hmm. And um, so, one of the books um, I got was on Wicca, and I remember um, immediately. You know, they talk about how it's really a nature-based religion, and it's really about going deep into the earth. So for me, any of my witchy practices are those that connect me deeper into the, into the earth. And yeah. um, even even in my session, in my sessions, again, it's like really remembering that we are on the earth, that we are of the earth, and um, and that the earth and we are like super cosmic. Because yeah. you know, sometimes people just want to go way out and think that it's only by, by focusing on these upper chakras and going way out that you're going to, um, have experiences, but it's like, no, you can ground down, you can touch a tree. You can, you know, I mean, that's why plant medicine is also so popular, right? It's super cosmic, yeah. um, in a way. So, so going in, but otherwise, um, I am very much into, uh, aligning with the new and full moons as far as what I'm going to do and having, um, little rituals on my own. I do, uh, offer moon ceremonies from time to time, um, for others, but it hasn't been super consistent, especially of course, in the last couple of years. Um, Girl, tell me yeah. COVID COVID's messed a lot of shit up, <laughs> Yeah, but I did like, I, I just moved to Oregon and I, I Love. live next door to this incredible elder. She's in her eighties and she's been, she has this beautiful wooden yurt. And, um, when, before moving here, I came up here and visited and I had the opportunity to, to do a moon ceremony in her incredible yurt, which, you know, she's been holding drum ceremonies, drum circles in there for the past 30 years. And that's where she does offers her practices and has her personal altar. So it's just like a really potent space that's been reserved entirely only for, um, spirit for for so long so
0: that is I'm, so I'm, cool
1: yeah I'm not this this full moon I, I just got here so this full moon I won't be doing that but I'm hoping if for those who might be in Eugene Oregon I'm hoping in the future that to have that space again wow. um, for
0: ceremonies yeah That is absolutely Um, incredible. It's like, it's like the universe planned that for you. They were like, okay, here's this elder. Here's her yurt. Like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. You know, no, uh, no expectations. We'll just go go with the flow,
0: but it is right there. And it's like, (laughs) I was like, hello. (laughs) Right. Well, even to like have that kind of just magical (gasps) energy energy in your like, not immediate space, but really close to your immediate space. Like that's, I love that. It's like, okay, well, we're here if you need us. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
1: And actually, the space that I'm in right now—I mean, space, not the room, but uh, the the land that I'm on right now—is is very magical. There are three, um, like 100, 150 hundred and fifty-year-old cedar trees that are. Um, as soon as I go outside, they're right there. And um, as far as again connecting with nature for me is really important. So yesterday, just to give an example, I was feeling um, a little bit drained in the afternoon, a little tired, and so I just went up and sat under the cedars and just sat there for a little while and then also listened for messages from the cedars. Right. So, and that's that's something that anyone can do. If you're wondering like, Oh, how do I, you know, how do I connect more deeply with nature is you can lay on the grass and just really feel, feel the earth, you know, And, and every time your mind tries to take you in the opposite direction, you really go down, go down. And then same thing, you can sit with your back against a tree and listen. And that's something, actually when I did my um the sh- shamanic practitioner course um studies which was this year long year long um, uh, studies with one per- teacher in particular and a very yeah. small gr- small group um uh, of of really magical people who already had um, who already had practices right who had a- already been on a journey like we were all already deep into our um our path um, mm-hmm. and this was just to expand more but the, um Uh, he, he had us all do that and it was really magical. And so since then I've continued, you know, just connecting with the tree and I feel like (laughs) I'll share this. (laughs) I feel that, (laughs) that I'm a tree spirit, right? So that's like someone else may be a sun spirit or Mm -hmm. for me, it's the, I feel very connected to trees. And so it's, it's pretty beautiful now to be surrounded by them after living in Los Angeles for five years and then New York city for 17 years before that
0: <laughs> girl. I, I so agree with that. Like the more I get, the more, the more I get back to my practice and back to like my, my soul, the more my body craves nature. So living in yes. LA right now, cause I'm in LA, like, I just – I want some unencumbered nature where I'm not worried about, like, a dog or a homeless person having peed under there or, like, being able to, like, do grounding without worrying about what's in the dirt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what glass am I going to put my feet in if I go barefoot right now, you know? So I like the funniest thing is you said Eugene Oregon and yeah, somebody recommended it's they were like for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like you should move to Eugene Oregon. Right. I'm like, oh fuck, maybe I should do that. It's funny that you like moved. Oh really? Somebody
1: specifically recommended Eugene?
0: Yes. That's because funny. they said the rain <laughs> isn't quite as crazy there.
1: It's, it's not, Yeah, it's not, it gets really hot. Like yesterday was, um, 102 and, or is it today? That's a hundred. Anyway, it's been in the high nineties, low hundreds, and it will be for the, um, for the next few days. And then I think it's like in the nineties all next week. So we're getting hot summer. And then that's what I hear though. Yeah. The rain is not as intense, but also the, 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 I grew up in Oregon. Um, uh, I mean, I grew up in LA and then in Oregon, but the Mm -hmm. time that I spent in Oregon, I remember it uh used to rain quite a bit more so people still have this idea that it it just rains all the time in Oregon yeah but but in fact it doesn't like the there are much more delineated
0: um seasons yeah like and, we're all experiencing um, cuz like LA has no fall anymore it's just summer and diet summer and then winter. Like, yeah. you know? so, summer and then diet summer that's yeah. <laughs> summer light you know yeah <laughs> for less calories um, <laughs> but yeah that's absolutely beautiful I love that I've I've been wanting to move to a place with nature so badly and like I just love the fact that you get to walk outside and be underneath these crazy beautiful like ancient like cedar trees and like I'm sure the ground, like you just get out there and just like ground and do all of your things. Like that just sounds like magic.
1: (laughs) Yes. It's pretty, it's pretty great. That's so cool.
0: And I love that you're talking about how you think, like you feel like you're very connected to the trees, like tree spirits and stuff like that. I've always felt that way about animals. Like I am just... Mm like any animal, anytime I just want to be around it. Like it just calls to me in a very specific, like specific and distinctive way. So I understand what you mean by that. And like, I just, I love that. I wonder if you have elementalness in you, like if you're just like an elemental spirit, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're just a little fairy. Well,
1: uh, I, I, um, I definitely, um, used to be kind of we're very interested in all the fairies, so yeah, possibly it's possible.
0: You know, we never really know. We'd like to, in the back of our yeah. minds, when we're like guilty pleasuring, it's like, I might be a fairy, I might, I might be, I might be, I might be all sorts of things. Shapeshifter, <laughs> so, um, right? Exactly. <laughs> Um, so let's talk about theta healing. Cause I'm super fascinated by it. How, what is theta healing? First of all, like for those of people who don't really know, I know you touched on it a little bit when we mm-hmm. opened, um, and then how did you find that practice? Okay. So, um, uh, I found it because somebody
1: handed me a book on theta healing back in 2019. And, you know, there are so many different types of practices and, um, ways to like get into the subconscious and do, um, and to heal. But mm-hmm. for whatever reason, this book, when it was handed to me and I started reading, it, I was just like, I felt very drawn to it. Yeah. And, um, um, and I kind of knew immediately that I wanted to practice it and was yeah. just sort of waiting for the moment to come around, to be able to do the training and, and get into it. But as far as, um, what it is, it's, um, uh, it's a technique to help shift self limiting beliefs. Mm. So as I mentioned before, we're working with the subconscious and we're working with memories. Mm. So there are two parts to theta healing. So um there's this kind of the energy healing aspect to it there are similarities to other types of energy healing to reiki where you can just send light or send love and and uh but the more to me because you there are actually theta once you get into theta healing you can go into different directions you may just use it specifically for energy healing but the part that i find uh most effective and most interesting is what's called digging and that's mm-hmm. where you're digging into the subconscious so we so Um I actually there's one example that I really like to give to um so sorry, let me back up for a second. (laughs) So the idea is that our beliefs create our reality. And I do want to say before going deeper into that, that it's not I know there can that can be really triggering to Mm. to hear because it uh sometimes in the world of like manifestation and belief work, there is um Uh, the systematic injustice is ignored. And so this isn't to say that it will fix, you know, that systemic injustice. Um, But even within the confines of systemic injustice, we can change our realities by working with our thoughts and by understanding what beliefs are are creating our reality. Mm-hmm. So we can have very contradicting beliefs, right? So a very simple one is you can have the belief that you love yourself, but you can also have the belief that you hate yourself. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So, um, and in terms of, um, sp- speaking about like manifestation or, or what you have, what's going on in your world. So sometimes people will be like, oh, I've been doing all this manifestation work, but it doesn't work. Well, the reason it doesn't work is because you may in your adult conscious mind believe that you want and deserve that thing. And so you just keep repeating to yourself some mantra that you want and you deserve this thing. But in fact, in your subconscious mind, you either don't want it or don't believe you can have it. Yeah. Right. Or don't so believe you deserve it. Yeah. Or don't believe you deserve it. Or, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and it can be very, it, it can get really complex. And so, um, so there's this, this system of digging into the client's, um, into the client's beliefs. And we start with anything that you want to change in your world. So Mm -hmm. it could be, um, starting with a resentment a regret, or just like, well, this isn't working out in my life. Right. And then I will start asking you questions, but I'm never, I'm not, unlike a therapist, I'm not gonna, um, I'm never going to feed back to you what, right. I'm only going to use what you say. So I'll give you the example I was going to start to give before where I had somebody, um, a client who was, um, wanting to work on, um, calling in a a relationship, calling in love. Mm -hmm. And one particular session there was, um, you know, she was talking about, um, that she had started smoking, uh, cigarettes again Mm -hmm. and, and didn't know why she was smoking. So we, so I start to ask like, well, when's the first time that you smoked? Mm -hmm. And, and then she'll give me a memory. And then based on her memory, I'll ask another question to guide deeper and deeper and deeper. So Mm -hmm. at one point she gets to a memory of being surrounded by smoke with her, um, with two of her family members there. And then because the, actually one of the premises of this work, which is very important and different from hypnosis is that the practitioner is connecting to pure source energy first and foremost, before the session even begins. So I'm receiving guidance, not just from my own to in, the idea is not just from my own intuition, but from pure source energy or the creator or the great mystery, whichever way that you want to, <clears throat> excuse me, that whichever way you want to um, call that, you know, yep. the mm-hmm. that, <laughs> the great mystery beyond all of us. Yes. And so, um, so at that moment I I might hear something. So like I heard, uh love is suffocating and this doesn't always happen that i hear something so specific right but but i'm not going to i'm not going to a therapist might be might say oh well you know this um it sounds like because of that situation you might actually feel that love is suffocating because if you feed something to a person, they might also just reject it with their mm-hmm. conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Right. So, whereas if you wait for them to say it, then they realize, and in this case, this was like a really sort of like, um, you know, perfect boat, bow present version of theta. Cause it doesn't yeah. always work out this, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this cleanly, but suddenly she goes, Oh, wow. It's like, love is suffocating. Boom. And then she heard herself say it she understands that that's, that's the belief, right? Her adult conscious mind would never say that, but her somewhere deep. And it's because we're working, we're working again with a theta brainwave. We're working, trying to keep the person always connected to their subconscious. And so in that moment, while you're still connected to the subconscious, we can then uh, release that belief and replace it with, a very positive belief. Right. And then there's this other part that's called feeling work where we, we, um, also it's, that's sort of like the energy, energy work component of it, where, um, uh, you're feeding feelings to the person, like allowing them to know, what does it feel like to be loved? What does Mm -hmm. it feel like to to accept love, to receive it, to hold it to all these things, Mm -hmm. just kind of like teaching the brain. So, um, Based on what I just said there, does that make sense? Or do you yeah, have any questions? does completely. Questions?
0: Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. Because that's it's, it's sort of like hypnosis, but not. Like, yeah. it's That's really, really beautiful. Because I, I, a friend of mine does something similar. Um, she's just a very mystical lady. And she um, has a practice in hypnosis. And a lot of those things were similar. But instead of like trying to therapy out of it, you mm-hmm. are just you're like waiting for them to realize it. And then mm-hmm. you are just basically their guide, their shaman through their mm-hmm. subconscious so that they can realize these things themselves. And then you're put like you're you're putting positivity and magic in where there was once doubt, which is mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah.
1: And I can say just for myself, I see uh the chain the, you know, and I've done a lot of different healing work on yeah. myself, right? Yeah. So a lot of different things. Um and um and perhaps it's because of the background that the Theta was so effective for me, mm-hmm. but I just see the changes in myself, in my confidence, um, in that time. And even in what I quote unquote manifested in my life since then, like right. leaving, leaving LA moving here, I'm, um, in a really beautiful relationship here. And, um, and that was through working working on all the different um, beliefs around everything, you know, so many different parts of life where we have so many different beliefs. And it's really, it's really fascinating. And I also see also with the people that I've been working with, they will tell me like, wow, I reacted completely differently in this situation. I would have done, normally I would have done And now I did B, and I was confident and grounded, and this and that. And it's a because it 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 just it starts to shift things in your
0: in your brain. So it completely makes sense, though, because if you're thinking about it, like you know, neural pathways are carved in our brains all the time, and it 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 can take a minute for them to really get like embedded, for lack of a better term. But with theta, I feel like you're kind of. It's almost like you're skipping the line. You have like a fast pass in line to get to the part where the brain starts to really take in information, especially in the subconscious. And it's like you are helping that person create new neural pathways quicker than they normally would be able to. Because I also read about something called theta alchemy. Yeah. So I'm not sure what, if that's directly related to the theta healing technique, but. I don't know. It was like it's a balance of all the brain waves. Yeah. Like that was, that's how I read it, where it was like theta and beta and all of those things. Like you're, you're trying to get to theta, but it's, it's helpful to like balance them all out and like kind of help have them like working together instead of kind of all crazy. Like,
1: (laughs) yeah. And you, you want to go in and out of the different, I mean, we do go in and out of the different brain waves, but surely if you're in, uh, you know, for people who are practitioners, Mm -hmm. if they're constantly in that, in that sort of dreamy realm of like, uh, of data, then, then you need to kind of get back, have certain days where it's just like, okay, really alert focus more like beta. Yeah. And, um, um, actually binaural beats is a really great way to where I used to work a lot and I, I still do, but with binaural beats, I do one of the meditations I offer. We use binaural beats to help with, uh, with, you know, in training the brainwave and getting to a particular brainwave. But yeah. there is one, like if somebody finds that they are super dreamy all the time and have a hard time getting out of there, you can listen to beta binaural beats while you're working and you will be focused. I, I have to use those sometimes. I'd be like, oh okay, God, I really, I, I really need yeah, a huge problem I, for me. Yeah, really, I, I mean, I don't know it might it hopefully it will work for you, but for me, I, I will say like, okay, I need to work for an hour and I really need to get this thing done. And I will find some beta binaural beats and just, you need to use headphones when you're, when right. you're listening
0: to binaural beats. Um, and I'll find that I'm just a lot more focused. So crazy. Cause I find myself very dreamy a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So it's like to get myself, once I'm focused, I'm good. But, mm-hmm. like, to get myself to focus can be kind of a task. <laughs> just right. Like, but this looks like so much more fun. I just want to daydream a little bit longer. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm actually going to try that because that's genius. I, I love binaural beats. And, like, from my understanding, from what I've been taught, binaural beats are different waves that are kind of put into two different sides of the of your headphones. That's why headphones are really important. You need them in mono, right? It's the the mono headphones.
1: Um, uh. You're probably correct about the mono headphones I actually don't know that <laughs> I had distinction tell but me
0: that once. yeah the yeah. binaural
1: a binaural beat is a phantom beat that's yeah. created in your brain when you have one frequency entering one ear and another frequency entering the other ear and then that creates that phantom phantom beat and so um nice. there are pure binaural beats uh and then there's of course 100 thousands of tracks on YouTube where people have there there's a binaural beat hidden within the music so I love it And that's why, so, so if you just listen to pure binaural beats, it's a, it's sort of like, it'll just be a tone. Mm -hmm. It's not musical, but of course you can find music and then that way you can find a composition
0: that is to your liking. That is so cool. I love that. I love that so freaking much. That's like when you want to attune to a specific chakra and they tune it to a hurt, Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have music over that because like a yeah. lot of times the hurt is you're just going to hear a tone and it's exactly much. Yeah. So the tone is hidden in the music. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cause I remember yeah. the first time listening to like, I think I was, I was focused on really, really a lot on my heart chakra when I first started this work. So I would look for, um, anything tuned to the heart chakra. And for the longest time, I was like, these are just this is just like flouncy music. Like I don't understand what about this is supposed to be healing. And then mm-hmm. I did my research. It's yeah. <laughs> like, oh, got it. It's hidden in there. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I do feel good. Like this this feels lovely. And I am meditating well. And like I do seem to like get more in tune with my heart tracker when this is on, but why? Yeah. <laughs> Which is fascinating. How did you get into Theta in particular? Was it just So it was
1: just, so basically, you know, the person handed me that book and there's one, there's a particular meditation. It's it's basically the way that you connect up to the seventh plane and the seventh Mm -hmm. plane is the plane of just pure source energy. Mm -hmm. And I did that meditation and I mean, I felt incredibly expanded and elevated Mm -hmm. and light and it was really powerful. And then I uh decided okay i want i want to experience uh, a session and mm-hmm. um so i found a practitioner i got a session and that was also really powerful and really interesting and then from there i was looking into trainings and then actually once covid hit it was uh the same woman who i i had had a session with um she was offering and, or, or there were, there were various, um, practitioners offering online the, mm-hmm. the training. So, um, so I just started doing them and started practicing all the time and, and just go going at it. So, um, uh, that's how, that's how it's, it's newer for me than my other practices, but, uh, it's what is, um, it's very exciting to me. And the great yeah. thing is that I can work with people all over the place. Cause we can just do it uh on zoom mm-hmm. and uh i'm actually going to be offering um it's on the on august 26th with uh another one of your guests danny santos loving that. yeah we're going to do a free intro to theta and he has uh kindly um volunteered to be my demo person love that i will be you know guiding people into a theta meditation and ex- talking a little bit more about it and um how it works and then um uh, and then we'll do a demo session so people can kind of see, ha- see what it is. Right. And then Danny will speak about his experience, um, as well. So that's, that's on August 26th.
0: Amazing. I just wrote that down because I want to like tune into that. That cool. is so yeah. I love Danny. Danny's just the most amazing <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being of light in the whole world. Um, oh my God, that's fucking amazing. And I love that a lot of light workers like during COVID, cause that's how I started this podcast. It was like, okay, how do I how do I, like, find this calling that I've been trying so desperately to find? But, like, you were talking about with the film and TV industry, I'm, like, in the bar industry. So it was mm-hmm. like, okay, when do I find the time to stop and study these things that I've been wanting to study forever? And then COVID hit and all of the healers and the leg workers were like, yes, study time. Like, <laughs> You know, we were all like, cool, now I get to really start my shit. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, now I get to just meditate or whatever. Right? Yeah, I
0: had a lot of things start for me. I started teaching breath
1: work. I started, I mean, I I um had been meditating for so long but never considered teaching it. And then the yoga studio that I worked for was uh, looking for somebody to um, do a free meditation class, so I was like, "Yeah, I'll do that." And <laughs> um, yeah. so it's sort of a combination. It's like the first fifteen minutes is is more of a true meditation, and then the second part I call it a, um, a s- self attunement, like energy attunement, because we're mm-hmm. working with the breath and we're moving through uh, through the chakras and we're using visualization. And even though uh, I know there are uh, plenty of offerings that might be similar to that, that are called meditation because of my background in Vipassana. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very particular about what I'm really going to say is meditation. Like, um, for me, as soon as the imagination comes into play, it's not quite the same thing. So, you know, Mm um,
0: um, yeah. What is, can you explain Vipassana for people who don't know?
1: Oh yeah. So Vipassana is, uh, is basically, it's a technique that, uh, I, if I translate specifically, it means like the reality of what is, or mm-hmm. so it's, uh, the idea with Vipassana is that you're accepting the reality of what is in every moment. Mm-hmm. And the two pillars of Vipassana are, um, equanimity and awareness, mm-hmm. right? So you're learning to be aware and, um to be aware of your body of your breath and um the practice starts with um anapana meditation which is a very simple uh, breath practice you're focusing all of your awareness on your breath but specifically at the entrance of your nostrils mm-hmm. and then um Afterwards, when you go into Vipassana, it's really focusing on the sensations of your body. So, there are different um, lineages that approach Vipassana somewhat differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, The lineage that I was taught in is using only breath and sensation. Mm -hmm. So, it's uh, that this particular lineage will not um, do a walking meditation and will not be using uh will not be observing sound, will not be observing sight. So um, we'll only be observing because the only two things that can truly exist only in the present are your sensations and your breath. So just mm-hmm. taking, for example, if you um, you can emotionally remember having pain, yeah, but you cannot, you cannot bring the pain back and remember the pain. Right. Um, r- right. Um, unless you're somebody who's experiencing phantom uh, you know, that, 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 I don't know what that's called exactly, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, like
0: phantom limb or something like that. Yeah. They, or yeah. like, and pain
1: suddenly comes back. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a separate, uh, a separate thing, but, um, but physically on you, you can't bring that back. Right. So sensations yeah. only in the, is in the present. So it's a really powerful technique, one to bring you, to keep bringing you back into your center, but it also starts to dig into your mind as well. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting. People will have, if you sit a 10 day course, you'll have all sorts of memories, um, that you haven't thought about for a long time that come up because essentially you're digging into your subconscious as you're the deeper you're meditating and you're bringing that stuff up to be released. Wow. Um, of course you can also just practice in your home. Um, right. yeah. And so then the equanimity part of it is, um, is, um, non-reaction, regardless of what arises, right? Regardless mm-hmm. of what pain. And it's what is very important here is that you're neither reacting to the difficult aspects of meditating, nor reacting to the blissful aspects of meditation. Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes the, the uh, you will, a, a student will sit and have like, okay, that was an easy meditation. I felt, uh, I felt so good. I felt expanded. I felt that, oh, I meditated well. Mm. Right. And then they'll have another experience where it's like, oh, my body was so, it felt so heavy. Um, uh, I had a hard time concentrating. I meditated poorly. Mm-hmm. So that's actually not true. You just became attached to the blissful experience. And that's, that's like, that's kind of, that's that danger point is like, you yeah. don't want to get attached to the blissful experience because then every single time you don't have that then you're you become sort of a little bit more depressed about or assuming that you've gone backwards in your practice. So it's yeah. really this like constantly coming back to equanimity and it really repatterns your brain. It's it's pretty magical. It's it's the one thing I would um I
0: highly recommend as a <laughs> highly highly recommend it, yeah. That's amazing too because it's almost like it's teaching your brain not to attribute wins or losses with your own health. Like it's, it it's so interesting to me. Cause it's like, we always hear that, like you don't meditate well or poorly, you just meditate. Mm-hmm. And so many people think that, and like, it also seems like it could almost lend itself to an addictionary thing where they, like, people get addicted to the blissful thing. And then when they don't oh, absolutely. have it, it's yeah, like withdrawal yeah. symptoms.
1: Yeah. And everything, everything is actually just then reflected in, in your life, right? Like, are mm-hmm. you you know, and you start to notice, um, what are the things that you are addicted to in your life? Right. Or how is that pattern? It's, it's repeated. You're, you're basically just seeing the patterns of the human mind, like the way that the human mind
0: works. It's a really, um, yeah, deep dive into the way the human mind works for sure. (laughs) That is amazing. Like sound, this makes me sound like such a basic LA bitch, but being like sound going on a 10 day, like Vipassana retreat sounds like (laughs) magic to me right now. Oh yeah, I, I yeah. Like oh my god, I. Why, like, why does I'm, that sound? Why is that basic? I don't know. Oh, because it's LA. Like, LA's like LA is like oh my god, I would love a pasta right now. Like. Oh,
1: really? <laughs> I, I'm not so sure. Most like I have encountered over the years, like. People love to go on a retreat if there is yoga and socializing and this and that and the other. But, you know, a, a Vipassana retreat is is um, pretty serious. Like you're. Yeah, there's no reading. There's no writing. There's no radio. There's no anything. You can't have your phone. You can't have a book. You can't have a journal. You can't have anything. Right. Wow. It's pure silence. And it's there's no communication allowed right? Unless you really need something, unless it's like, Oh my gosh, I cut my foot when I was walking or whatever, but otherwise, otherwise there's no, or if you really have a question about the meditation specifically. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, so then you can speak to the teacher, but there's no, 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 anything else. And, um, so I have found that when I describe that, <laughs> the majority
0: of people <laughs> will be like, no way. <laughs> oh man, that sounds like magic to me. Like that's yeah, what I, think I it's need great. in my like, life right now. <laughs> if, it, if it sounds like magic, I
1: highly recommend that you, yeah, you seek that out. And um, yeah. uh, the, the, the centers that I would go to um, are the, the, the website is dhamma.org, D-H-A-M-M-A.org. And it's entirely donation-based. And they have um, upwards of 150 centers around the world. Wow. Um, at this point, it's become very popular. Right. Um, so uh, once upon a time, you could book your, you could like decide two weeks in advance to go. But now it's like a lot of centers are like six months, especially in California. Yeah. And then of co- even, I mean, it's even more complicated now with um, with COVID. But um, pre-COVID, it was already like that, like six months in advance, so.
0: And people were already starting to figure it out. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 Book your vacation now. <laughs> yeah. Not vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the myth though. Like, like for me, I've been on one retreat and it was a yoga retreat and it was in New Zealand. But like, for me, I treated it as like a jumping off point for healing. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people around me were like, let's go explore. Let's go do this. And like, all I want to do is sit in meditation and yeah. sit in yoga class. And like, feel what's happening with me because so many shifts need to happen. And like when I'm not sitting in meditation and, you know, sitting in yoga, I just want to like be out sitting in nature so I can think and like clear my head and get attuned and all of those things. But the person I was with was not in that mindset. (laughs) So I was like, let's go do stuff. And I was like, okay. Like, (laughs) you know. well, let's talk a little bit more about earth medicine too, because that's like, that's where you started. That is your, like, that is your thing. And I love that so, so much when you do like earth medicine, I know you're telling people to like sit back into the earth, but what other practices, I know you're bringing in the elements, like, how do you use the elements in those practices in an earth medicine session?
1: Uh, I mean, honestly, the majority of the session is, um, is the, pra- the, the client is, um, laying down and just receiving. Mm-hmm. So So I may feel the different elements coming into play, but I also just, I'll give an example of somebody I just saw the other day. I, um, at one point she felt like her body was like, there was a lot of fire, a lot Mm. of heat. And it was like, uh, whatever I was doing was, um, felt like it was burning away something. Mm. Right. Um, but I didn't necessarily have that in mind in that moment. So right. that can happen a lot because where we're, it can align or it can be slightly a slightly different different thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but it's mostly in the beginning before the session starts. I have the person sit across the altar from me, and I call in the elements, and I ha- and I ask the person to tune into that element within their body. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of planting those seeds. Uh, at the beginning, like, Mm -hmm. you know, of course with air, we just tune in deeper into our breath Mm -hmm. and then with fire into our heart, the Mm heartbeats with water into your veins with the blood and also the water that cradles the brain. Mm -hmm. And then with the earth, the bones in the body and what each of those elements might teach you like earth, right? The earth element, what is it teaching you? It's teaching you to be still, Mm -hmm. to be patient, teaching you how to nourish yourself um, with water teaching you how to flow with ease and grace but also with power right mm. if we visualize a river A river has no obstacles just keeps flowing and um, and so uh, so on and so forth like that oh, that's um, so, beautiful. And so, so that that meditation in the beginning kind of plants that seed and then we go in into the healing and I and I do use the elements in different in different ways but again I'm I don't always know what the person is experiencing, even if I am actively calling that element in.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, you never know how that's going to react in the body, too. Mm -hmm. Like considering that human's personal experience, like you could be calling in water, and it could be like you know, for whatever reason, acting is fire within their body mm-hmm. and like, it's what they need. And like, even just calling in of the one element is kicking up whatever it is that's yeah. necessary for that person.
1: Mm-hmm. That is yeah, so I, cool. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, I, I like that you said that because when I do do, um, you know, like the energy attunement, or if I do a group, if I do group, I do group earth medicine sessions as Mm -hmm. well. So, and we will, we'll do like a meditation where we go down, like it's, it's very similar to a grounding cord meditation, Mm. you know, where we're, we're going, we're bringing our roots deep into the earth. Mm -hmm. But I like to tell people, um, that with anything, with anything that involves visualization, that, it doesn't really matter whether or not you see what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to see what you're going to see because, uh, because some people get then worked up, right? They're like, wait, I'm not seeing it. That means I'm not doing it right. What am I doing wrong? And then they're just in a place of tension. So it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, just completely relax your body, completely relax your mind, allow your subconscious to hear the words, allow yourself to have the experience. Mm -hmm. And if, when I say yellow, you see blue, fantastic. That's what what you want to see, right? It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Just like trust that the experience and the words are going into it's just the same as if two different people read the same book that is super descriptive. Yeah, And if if they were like exceptional painters, they would probably
0: paint two different scenes. Yeah, exactly. This even goes back to what you were saying about creating your own reality, because, you know, yes, of course we have external factors that play into that but you see the world specifically the way that you see it you mm-hmm. like that's why we have things like art and painting and perspective and things like that because each individual person sees things from their perspective and theirs is completely unique and perfect the way that it is you mm-hmm. wouldn't tell like Rembrandt or Degas to be like you know what <laughs> buddy I think, you know that's nice and all but I was actually meaning this like you wouldn't do that to them so why yeah. would you do that to yourself when you're meditating or even doing visualizations or anything like it's it's all perfect there's no wrong way to do that I had that was a big thing I had to get out of when I was just starting to because I started with guided meditations because my brain just could not like Mm -hmm. couldn't sit still so when I would do guided meditations I'm like I don't think I'm doing this right I don't think I'm doing this right then I had teachers be like there is no wrong way to do this (laughs) like Mm -hmm. whatever you're seeing is fine and then I would get into like You know, more silent meditations and things like that, where it was like, okay, now I can actually let my I know what I'm I know this process now. My body understands, my brain understands there's no wrong way. So let me really dig in. And that was pretty beautiful experience too. That is so neat. I love that. (laughs) I love all of that. Um, let's what are your sun, moon, and rising signs? I'm curious. I am um
1: Libra sun, Libra moon, Aries rising, and Ooh. I have and then I have a stellium in Libra. So I'm as uh actually I had a session with Danny the other day and he's like, you are
0: Libra, ultra yeah. Libra. <laughs> you are Libra Libra. Libra through and through. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. You see you're very Libra energy, very balanced, very light. <laughs> just like goddess energy to me. Like, Oh, thank you. Yes. No, thank you. Like (laughs) I always think people, other people, they're like, Oh, thank you for the compliment about my energy. I'm like, you brought it. It's not me that's doing it. So thank yourself. (laughs) That's very cool. Do you feel like you resonate with Libra? I mean, yes, certainly.
1: I will say, I will say that, um, I have had uh, people pick up on the Aries right away, Mm -hmm. even with all of that Libra. And maybe it's when I'm, when I'm in service, Mm -hmm. I, um, uh, or also, you know, when I'm working, like when I was working in, um, costume and styling takes a lot of fire to, to get that work done and just like go, go, go. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so I can move very fast and I can, um, direct my energy really well. Um, uh, especially if I'm working for others or, um, again, if I'm in service, like, mm-hmm. um, uh, and what, what I mean by that is like, if I was volunteering for any particular center or something of that nature, then, then yeah. I just like dive in and I, you know, that focus, um, yeah, That
0: fiery bars the, energy when you're working, you're just like, yeah. let's do this. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, but I will say, I will say the, the Libra, the, <laughs> more like
1: Libra energy takes over in a lot of uh, my life. And I sometimes uh, like to call in the Aries a little bit more Mm -hmm. at times. So because I actually have Mars in Libra as well. Oh, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I have Mars in Libra. I have Venus in Libra. So wow, girl, you
0: got all of the Libra. That's how I feel about my yeah. Virgo rising. I'm have to. i a Taurus sun, Leo moon, Virgo mm-hmm. rising, and I'm like very Taurus sun. So a lot of times I have to call in that Virgo rising to be like, okay, it's time to do stuff now. Stop yeah. eating. <laughs> like, exactly. <and> get some <laughs> shit done. <laughs> totally. Oh, girl, I feel that. And astrology lately has been insane. So God bless you for moving while all of this like crazy energy has been swirling around too. Like, whoo. Ooh, lady. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's see. What are some practices you, ha- you haven't learned that you would like to? Um, so
1: that's a hard one for me because I feel like when you have too many practices, mm-hmm. well, it's just too many practices. Yeah. And um, it's one of the things, the reason that I did only Vipassana for so long is that that teacher um sn goenka he really be like you know instead of hopping around to all these little practices and only only going in a little bit mm. and then decide, as soon as you experience any resistance mm. you, you know the tendency is to jump over to another practice and be like oh this must not be for me yeah. it's like just pick a practice and go with it and mm. then really see what it can do for you and go uh, and right? And then it's the continuity of that particular practice that's going to bring about a result. So for me, I, I feel like, you know, I've mentioned a few things, but I also, I've been doing yoga for a long time. And over the years I've, um, uh, had moments where I would do a little bit of Kundalini and Mm -hmm. late, lately in the past year, um, I've been doing a little bit more Kundalini again. Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's not really about, um, calling in new practices. It's more about just taking the practices that I do have and diving deeper into them sort of like, it, it's more about recommitting in different, in different places. And, and cause I, I, I'll, I'll have moments where I'm working a lot with vocal toning. Mm-hmm. Right. So my, my practice, my morning practice will shift quite a bit. And that could be because in Ayurveda, I'm Vata. So I'm just like, and I have all that Libra. I'm just like, yeah, all air, just like right?
0: woo. I don't
1: need another. I was like, no, don't bring me another practice. I'm like, <laughs> like, I have too many. I so, you know, I try to ground and always come back to Vipassana, but otherwise I'll do different things. Like there are moments, like I said, I uh, focus on on the vocal toning, or maybe I'm using a lot of the sound instruments, uh, for myself, like drumming for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, as far as, um, so this is something I've also picked up in the last couple of years is learning the frame drum and so again, so that is a very new practice for me. And it's, it's more just a musical practice. It's not, but it, the way that this particular teacher, Miranda Rondo, who's really incredible um, teaches, she, she teaches it as a spiritual practice, as yeah. also a way to connect to the earth, which wow. comes back to everything else. So it's pretty amazing. So for me, for example, I would really like to recommit to that. So after I, I moved, I haven't touched it in like a month, probably. Yeah. Right. So does that, that kind of answers the yeah, question. Answering
0: totally. the question. <laughs> yeah, very much. So that is really cool. I love that. Not like always seeking out the next new thing about deepening the practices you already have. That's, mm-hmm. that's yeah, really exactly. beautiful. I love that. That's because a lot of times people are like, Oh, I'd love to learn this. I'd love to learn that. And it's like, it's nice that you're like, no, I, I know what I like. I just want to get back and deeper and deeper and deeper mm-hmm. into it. That's fucking perfect.
1: Yeah. And there's like so many different practices that will take you to the same place, right? Yeah, If you yeah, totally. really allow yourself to go all the way with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I, I know people who are that way, who have picked one practice and they've gone all the way and they're committed and that's their thing. And that's beautiful. I, because of my personality mm-hmm. and whatever, that has been more challenging for me, even yeah. though I did manage with the Vipassana to be very committed to it mm-hmm. for, for a num for like 10 years. And,
0: um, and all of that. But now it's like, yeah, <laughs> all this stuff. <laughs> I understand. Cause my personality is very much the same of that, of like, I have a few things that I really, really love, and I continue to deepen. And then I have all the other things that I'm like, oh, okay, let's look over here. And like my my mm-hmm. morning practices shift from day to day mm-hmm. to Sometimes it's tarot, sometimes it's pendulum, sometimes mm-hmm. it's you know journaling, sometimes it's whatever I need. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, right, it I, I, right.
1: Sometimes the and uh, I sometimes will pull tarot as well.
0: Yeah, it's just yep. right. Okay,
1: the, for for one month, I'll just be like every week pull them, pull the weekly cards or something. Yeah. And then yeah. I won't do it again for a couple of months. And then I,
0: <laughs> so. I love that though. It's very fluid. It's like, okay, this is what my soul is needing mm-hmm. right now. And then like, if I, if it shifts and it needs something else, you're not like stuck to that one thing. However, mm-hmm. you are very aware of like, okay, I can come back to this when I need it because I'm deepening these practices, not simultaneously, but whenever they're, they feel like they mm-hmm. need to come up, which yes. is very, very yeah. cool. And
1: I definitely, I, I like that you, you, um, you pointed at really just listening to what, what you need in that moment. So it's really about your intuition. And I think that overall that has been, um, the biggest gift, but also if I have a goal is to always, always like connect deeper to my intuition to truly understand, uh, what it is that my body and that my mind and my spirit need in any particular moment. Mm -hmm. And that's also, this is very important. I, um, that that's what I like to anyone who comes to me for a session, I really like to emphasize that because a lot of times, um, uh, you'll, you know, the tendency is to want to receive information from the other person to receive, uh, um, visions or whatever message messages. Mm -hmm. And, um, I may receive them, but I don't always share them or Mm -hmm. I may not receive, you know, it's different each time, what, what is needed or what's not needed. But I remember there was a period of time where I really, uh, kind of shut that off because Mm -hmm. I found that I would have, I had experiences of somebody coming out of a session and immediately being like, what did you see? What did you hear? Yeah. And so I, I like to encourage people to, uh, strengthen that connection within themselves and to understand that even when you go to another practitioner, whether it's for a tarot reading or it's for a Reiki session or whatever it is, you can be receiving guidance yourself as well. That it's not that you're just under, you know, in the hands of this particular person, they're sort of expanding things around you, opening up the energy, helping to clear the energy so that you can connect with yourself. So oftentimes I'll actually ask the reverse at the end of a session. Did you receive any messages? And then, and then, and from there we can then have a conversation and, um, I will, you know, also share. And I have had moments where I, I've had things come up that somebody will tell me later, like, Oh, this happened or, but i really i kind of shy away from that um uh, from emphasizing that like yes. yes i can have psychic intuition and know things but i
0: yeah that is the mark of a good of a true healer to me because it's not you you are just like you said you were the conduit to opening up the energy around that person you are you are experienced in a different mental framework than they are and that's why the session is valuable, but these people can do it themselves. It just takes a little Mm -hmm. practice and a little silence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I love that you not only recognize that, but promote that because that is again, like if you have a psychic or somebody who's like, oh, you could only come to me for these messages. Mm. It's only me. That's a charlatan in my opinion, (laughs) because we all have these gifts. It's just, some of us are first and foremost, a little more in tune naturally Mm -hmm. or have studied it and have tuned ourselves in more. Like right. There's there's a myriad of reasons for why people are more or less in tune.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, again, the mark of a true healer of a true light worker to me is being like, okay, yes, I can do this for you. But you can also do this yourself. And here are the resources in case you wanted to, you know, yeah. that's a, that is the coolest thing to me, because we, we want people to learn how to heal themselves.
1: A hundred percent. Like, yeah. Like
0: that's, it's a lot of work for us. Granted, we like it, but like, <laughs> you know, like the, the goal at the end of this is to make you able to do this for yourself and be a happy and healthy person.
1: Yeah. That's, and in fact, I've always found like, um, uh, saying I'm a healer is, is not correct. Right. Yeah. It's a, more like I'm a facilitator of health and healing. I like I can, that. I can facilitate that. I can hold the space mm-hmm. for that. Um, um, right. Mm-hmm. For those shifts within, within the other person. Yeah,
0: yeah. absolutely. We are facilitators. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, all right. Since this is the witch podcast, what is the spookiest or witchiest thing that's ever happened to you?
1: <laughs> okay. I'm going to go with the spookiest and, cool. um, uh, it may not come as as a surprise that it has to do with the Ouija board. Yeah, of course, There um, you go. <laughs> which I, I very much do not recommend. And this was the last time I ever used a Ouija board. I don't know that I really had ever done it that many times, but I was 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in Italy and I was mm-hmm. with two, two of my friends to two people who I hung out with fairly regularly. And, um, um, the board kept, um, the, the little triangle kept, uh, coming off of the board towards me, like oh. doing, doing this really odd thing. And I don't remember what was spelled out, but essentially it was saying that it was somebody connected to me. And in that moment, when it was starting to spell out, uh, you know, some that it was co- someone connected to me, I of course thought that they were, you know, that they were playing a joke, that they were playing a joke on me. Right. And when the, you know, the, when it kept coming towards me, I, that was when I could see like, okay, their hands are not on it. This is getting a little bit weird. And then, and then where it got really spooky is that I started to feel something from my fingertips move all the way up my hand, up my arm. It was like this weird tingling. And then I started to faint and I fell down and, and I was, I was kind of giggling because it was, I think that sometimes that feeling of fainting, it can be, Uh, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't like I got, I knocked out, you know, blacked out in that moment. It was a slow, it was slow. And I, um, so essentially though I fainted and, uh, but came to very, very quickly. And then of course in that moment, they thought I was the one playing, playing the joke or doing something. I was like, no, uh, that was definitely not me. That was, um, you know, and one of them had to catch me. So they, they recognize like, you can't really fake that type of dead weight or, yeah um, I, or perhaps you can, but <laughs> that
0: anyway, weird, so that, was very, yeah.
1: that was very spooky. It was very uncomfortable. I did. And I was like, Nope, no more Ouija wow. board. Um, it's not, you know, it's not a game basically. Like you really no. have to be mindful. It's really, how are you protecting the space? How are you, you know, what kind of
0: circ container have you, have you, um, yeah, uh, opened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I always say, if anybody is going to do anything, anything in the spirit realm, especially if you're channeling or like doing a Ouija board, especially a Ouija board, you have to open and close properly, and you have to really mm-hmm. know what the fuck you're doing because that yeah. is that is a gateway. That is a one. That is such a dangerous. It's a tool. It's not a toy.
1: Yeah, and like, I think. You know, you said, you mentioned also channeling. I would definitely say with channeling too, like there's, it's very uh, trendy right now to say like, oh, I downloaded this, I'm getting this, I'm connecting, I'm chatting this. That's great. I think we're, we all have the capability yes. to plug in and, mm-hmm. and and receive messages. But with, um, uh, the thing is that if you invite in energies, energies will come 100%, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether, or not, whether or not they are 100% uh, benevolent and, uh, for your highest, uh, good. Mm-hmm. That's something that really needs to be, um, understood or like, you know,
0: h- how to call in something that, you know, is pure. Yes. Um, so absolutely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause people are like, oh, I want to channel. I want to do this. I would say it with like automatic writing, anything mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> Please prepare yourself, like do the research beforehand of how to open and close properly, who to like, how to pray or set an intention or whatever it is that you do to open that ceremony or clo- and close that ceremony too. Cause once the doors are open, you got to close them, but that's so important. And like a lot of people do exactly what you did, like where it's like, Oh, there's this game that they say the Ouija mm-hmm. board and oh, it just, it gets so dangerous. But like, that is cra- It almost sounds like you were having an entity kind of like come into you. Is what that sounds like to me.
1: Yeah, it does. And I I don't know how long it stayed with me, but well, it sounds like <laughs> sorry, your body sorry. was like,
0: Nope. Like, get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you do not have consent. <laughs> <laughs> I am not gonna get me too'd by this spirit today. <laughs> I mean, I certainly didn't have any of that vocabulary back then. Right, but. right. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> a really cool story though and i love that like it came with a little psa cuz we can inform yeah, yeah, and tell yeah, a story exactly. <laughs> I, I mean i would like to have like maybe i can um tell a second one that's
1: a little bit more like light filled yeah let's do it so um there's like uh, several of them that are coming in but um uh okay so i had a i i work i am um, have always been really fascinated by dreams and the experiences and messages you can receive in dreams and mm. would like to delve deeper into that. And I, this was last August. Um, I had a dream that started off with, uh, I'm laying down and somebody, some figure, uh, mm-hmm. is next to me and says to me, now it's your turn. You have to do it yourself. And the moment they say that my body starts to, um, experience this incredibly euphoric buzzing and it actually wakes me up. So I wake up in the middle of the night while I still feel connected to this being and my entire body is just buzzing and it goes on for, um, of course the middle of the night, it's hard to know the timing, but I'm awake. And I remember think, I remember being like, wow, this is still happening. So it probably was like a good 15 to 20 minutes of just, um, this energy, like moving through my body. And it felt, um, similar to something that you might experience on uh, plant medicine. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it is true that if you, you know, if you take, if you consume plant medicine, you may have residual experiences for the next few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I hadn't had any experience whatsoever in a long time, this yeah. is, you know? Uh, so, uh, because of, of COVID and restrictions and things like that yeah. it wasn't in my reality. So, cause I thought about that and I was like, well, no, no, that's not whatever. That's just, <laughs> yeah. that, it's just that, you know, we have, we have all those chemicals. We have all those blissful chemicals in our brains already. Mm -hmm. And we can access those experiences. And that's basically what this being was like, no, now you're going to do it by yourself. It's you're going to do it. And so I think, uh, in that dream state, I just accessed that part of my mind that was giving me, I want to say DMT, but I don't know if it would, if it, uh, you know, that pure DMT experience like that connection I felt very very connected to source in that whole experience
0: that is so, so cool I yeah. love that that's a that's a really cool story where you're just like you're like your body was literally I, I think DMT would be the right thing I don't like that seems like the right chemical to me that your body mm-hmm. was just like nope now you can do this yourself I wonder oh that's really cool that's really really cool I love that well do you have any um like workshops or anything like that coming up? I know you mentioned the demo session on the 26th. Do you have anything else like that coming up that the listeners can look forward to? Uh, for the moment, I just have that.
1: I um, I also, you know, I teach every Monday, I do this meditation class every Monday through Namaste Studios, which is a LA-based um, studio. And those are um, donation-based, so very accessible. And the studio donates all of the... Um, all the all the money to different um, um, what do you call it? you know, a different cause each time. That's so. Cool. <laughs> or each month, like yeah. there might be a different a different focus.
0: Oh, I love that. It's Namaste Studios. Mm-hmm. Namaste, right.
1: yeah.
0: Beautiful. Studios. And uh, what are the best ways for people to connect with you? Uh, via
1: my website, which is my full name, Rabia Troncelliti, and uh, Instagram. I honestly, I rarely post. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like rarely <laughs> but i uh, <laughs> but i i do make an effort especially for example i will probably <laughs> post something about this free um the intro to theta uh workshop uh-huh. and i'll make sure to include it in the um link tree and everything <laughs> the sign up the sign the sign up is already available so the, all of that is already up
0: um it. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. And then lastly, um, do you have any words of wisdom for new witches, seekers, or people who are just starting their path?
1: Mm. Um, this is from also from SN Goenka. It's just continuity. Continuity, continuity. is continuity is the key to
0: success. Mm, I love that. That's so, perfect. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for being here with us today, Rabia. It has been such a fucking pleasure oh, thank you. to talk to you. You are a light. I love you.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It was so much fun. I was, as I told you, I was really, so I'm not in the public eye, but I really enjoyed uh, sharing and talking to you as well. So thank you.
0: I love it. Oh, thank you. All right, witches, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this magical, mystical episode with Rabia Troncaliti. To connect with Rabia, head on over to the show notes for the links to her social media and website. And please don't forget to check out the free demo of Theta Healing that she's doing on the 26th of August. You can find the link to that in her Instagram page and her link tree. As always, you can find links to connect with me in the show notes as well, including my website and the links to all of my social media. I hang out on Instagram most of the time, so please feel free to head on over, check me out, and see all the witchy stuff that I'm up to. Finally, I would love to give a very special witchy shout-out to Brie Banuelos and Jason Andrews for the kick-ass intro and outro music for this podcast. You both are insanely talented, and I am so grateful to be able to use a little piece of your brilliance. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, ciao witches.